Welcome to the Melanin Private Practice Group Podcast with your host, Jay Lynn. In this podcast, we focus on providing helpful information to new and existing mental health practitioners interested in starting a private practice and or those who are currently in it but just need a little bit of help. If you are ready to receive this word, let's dive in. Here we go. Welcome to the Melanin Private Practice Group Podcast with your host, Jay Lynn. In this podcast, we focus on providing helpful information to new and existing mental health practitioners interested in starting a private practice and or those who are currently in it but just need a little bit of help. If you are ready to receive this word, let's dive in. Here we go. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the Melanin Private Practice Group Podcast. I am your host, Jalen, and I am super excited to be here with you on this Saturday afternoon for our very first podcast. A little bit about myself. I am a senior health consultant at JLW Medical Management Consulting, where we help mental health providers build and scale their private practices. I have been in the healthcare business field for a little over 14 years now, and I absolutely love what I do. I love educating people and helping them understand why they do the things they do. And that really stemmed from the amount of years I spent in contracting, taking different assignments, going in and out of different organizations, seeing how they worked and they structured their or their operations and being able to fulfill certain projects. But most importantly, being able to observe how different projects both positively and negatively impacted the patients that we served and how different organizations would respond to patients and and really every stakeholder involved in the process. And so when we started our consulting firm, it was to fulfill a need to address problems that exist in healthcare today. And so I'm excited to uh, further that education here through the podcast and more importantly through our services to help you really be successful in this journey. So without further ado, we're just going to dive right in. So in today's podcast, we're going to address, are you ready to start a private practice? And for this particular episode, we're going to address 10 things you need to start a private practice. The first point is a business plan. The first thing that you need before you start a private practice is your plan. Before you are... Or I I really should say, as you are asking yourself, are you ready? The first thing I would ask of you is, did you do the research? Do you know where you're opening your practice? Do you know if you are going to be working out of home or out of an office space? If If you're not ready for an office space yet, have you thought about renting an office space from a current private practice? As you're doing your research, 
you want to look for what's the parking like in that area with that particular office if you are renting. If you are purchasing or renting your own space, you want to look at accessibility. If you are going to be dealing with patients with a physical disability, what would that look like in the wintertime if you are in a state with all four seasons? Uh, what does that, what, who are the contractors that are available in that area to help provide services to commercial spaces? Does your landlord provide the contracts for commercial spaces to clear out snow removal? So those are things to consider. Also considering other environmental um, factors such as what happens during hurricane season and um, the type of insurance, business insurance you're going to need. Are you going to have high premium costs because in that area there's higher risk and damage to the property? So those are things that you should know before you start a private practice. Other things that you should consider um, is the actual market in the area that you are planning to either A, open a practice, or B, market your practice. A, is your niche, which we'll talk about uh, very shortly, is your niche a need in that area? Or B, do the people actually have the resources available to fund their mental health needs? And C, if they do, can, do they want you, and how do you set yourself apart? Or uh, D, if they don't want you, uh, then how can you reach the people that do? The other aspect to consider is if they want you and they don't have the resources, what can you do to create access for them? So that's something we're going to talk about. We're going to touch on it today, but we will talk about it in another podcast, the performance of, of what a healthcare system would do. There's this famous quote that I like to say. It, it's a spinoff from the Steve Harvey book, Act Like a Lady, Think Like a Man. I'm a huge proponent of act like a private practice, but think like a healthcare system. Anything they can do, we can do better as small business, medium business owners. The minus the fact that we just can't perform a surgery. But <laughs> the the fact that you want to start a practice, you want to be your own boss, you want to create jobs and provide a space for patients to heal, says it all about you as an individual. We just have to make sure that you are ready and that you have everything that you need to be successful in this season. Other things to consider are political factors, sociocultural factors. I never say that word right, y'all, so just work with me. <laughs> Economic factors, we kind of touched on that when it came to uh, finances for your patient consumers. Also keep in mind that there are other ways to have mental health services funded. It's not just through the typical uh, health insurance and um 
and self-pay. Typically, and I know this is kind of rough for some listeners, but typically there are other ways to get uh, funded. You can get funded through workman's comp insurance uh, insurance payments. You can get compensated through victims, uh, victim services insurances. You can also get funded through... Um, I forgot the third one, and that would happen now, but that's okay. You can find that in the show notes. We will definitely make sure we list that one. So I don't want people to stress when, you know, there's, I've heard counselors say that they can't find clients or they're not willing to take insurance. They want to be self-pay, but then they struggle to get in front of their ideal client. Where there's a will, there's a way, there's different ways to get paid, and we will cover that in later sections. So we, again, will provide that third way of getting paid through our show notes. Okay, the next talking point is, are you a self-starter? This is not like working for someone else where the expectation of you starting your work and getting it done is... uh, is a requirement. When you are the owner, there is going to be a level of discipline you have to have. Also keep in mind that you're going to have to be willing to work some odd hours. I know that that's technically another talking point, but I want to touch upon it now and merge the two. Uh, It's very important that you understand this as an entrepreneur. You are responsible for everything. And and I really mean everything. You are the owner and the CEO, right? And so when you are the owner and the CEO, everything falls on you. You're responsible for the facilities. You're responsible for all the documents. You're responsible for every single employee. You are responsible for everything. I cannot say that enough. So if you are unwilling to start your day, then and or do work on that day, okay, that's fine. I am a big proponent of self-care. Get your self-care on. However, you need to have a plan for when you're going to get it done. Do not allow um, imposter syndrome and other... other things to distract you from your call and what you are supposed to do. I see it happen time and time again. People get comfortable in in the space of living their best life, having the freedom, and they put things off until the last minute. And then they look to their consultants or their coaches to say, oh my goodness, I completely forgot to do it because they got too comfortable. Have a structure for yourself. If you are not one to be structured, this is the time to get disciplined. And actually, this will go, well, we'll discuss it in the next episode, but we are going to talk about eight qualities of a leader. And a part of our discussion in that next episode will talk about personal development and making sure you have a personal development plan. Because if you're not constantly evolving as a leader, not just for your organization, but for the relationships that you will begin to cultivate over time, then I promise you, if you do not evolve, if you do not grow, then you will set yourself up to fail. However, there is good news. Failure is informational. Failure is informational, which brings me to my third point. If you cannot accept failure, 
you are not ready for private practice. Failure is informational. Let me say it again. Failure is informational. Failures, mistakes, mishaps, they give us information about what we didn't do right and help us to learn from what we've done and how we can move forward. Please do not let anyone who is not signing your check from the income that you are going to receive tell you what you can and cannot do, okay? You have the muscle of bounce back already inside of you. So if you do not activate that muscle, let me say it again, if you do not activate that muscle, you will allow anything and everything to persuade you and stop you from what you're called to do. There's a reason you're starting a private practice. And that reason is solely tied to the fact that somebody needs you and you're positioning the, the, the location, everything is divine. And so the moment you go to open your doors or <laughs> your virtual doors, if you're offering telemedicine, the moment you go to do that, somebody is going to find you and they can only find you if you are on time. So please, 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 please have a plan if you are a self-starter. Create structure for yourself. Uh, and, and I can speak from personal experience, y'all. I have a dedicated day, <laughs> okay? Tuesdays and Sundays are my days. Do not call me, text me, or email me and expect a response. Now, if I happen to respond, that's probably because I'm being nice, okay? <laughs> and I will give you a date on when I will get the information to you, but I do not work on Tuesdays and Sundays. So do not come to me with an emergency on Tuesday at 12 midnight. <laughs> And say to me, I need this by five o'clock because I'm going to respond. Why did you get this to me last minute? <laughs> but that's another conversation for another day. C, you have, do you have money to invest? Okay, how are you funding your business? We need to know this, right? Uh, that's inevitable. When you are coming from an agency, you're coming from a school, you're coming from another practice, you've probably saved up some money, or maybe you didn't, uh, but are you using grants? Are you nonprofit? Are you for-profit? Uh, are you using a fiscal sponsor to, to get the doors open and get grant money in? Who, you're, who are you serving? How can you leverage uh, other people's money to get your uh, organization up and running? Those are things that you need to think about before you jump into private practice. I've, and I know that it sounds like that's something you don't have to communicate, but believe me when I tell you, I have met some folks that. In some of these Facebook groups, they said all you need is a phone system, an EHR system, if you want a electronic records, or you can have a paper record, and a, a file cabinet, and if you don't want an office space, a home office space that's secure, and you're good to go. 
wait a minute, what? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, 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 don't worry. They told them get the business license, make sure you have your MPI and all of that good jazz. But they didn't tell them about taxes. <laughs> <laughs> and the fact that you're going to have to pay taxes. <laughs> they didn't tell them about all of the expenses that come with managing and operating a business and that you actually should plan out your finances. And oh, by the way, go get a CPA because they're really going to make sure that your money's right. Well, you know, the ones that are actually out here doing you right and not taking your money. But again, that's another conversation for another day. We will dive into that later on. You guys, I have I have stories for days. You, you really can't make up some of this stuff. So you want to know how you're going to invest in your practice. And if you need a loan, who's going to be your lender? Who, what bank has the best interest rates or the best credit lines for your practice? And how can they serve you? What business functions do they have? What partnerships does that bank have in place to help you really be successful? If those are things you're not looking, looking into before you've started the process of, of starting a private practice, you've already missed the mark. All right? D. You are a constant learner. I touched on this on the personal development side as you uh, would become a better leader and did say that we will address that in another podcast. But you are a constant learner. Just by you listening to this podcast already shows us that you are trying to become a better business owner because you are tapping in and you are trying to get more information for how to start or or to know, are you ready to start your private practice, right? So being a constant learner, constantly reading, constantly understanding the market, you need to be able to have the skill to know what's going to happen in the market before it happens. The best example I can give you is the example of a mother. And for the fathers out there listening to this podcast, work with me. You have this instinct too, but just in a different way. But I'm going to use it in the way of a woman because I am a woman. Uh, When... You have a child, you learn the distinction of your child's cry, and it gets to the point that before, or or let me say it differently, when the child cries, you already know what they want, and some of you (laughs) go into the kitchen and have that bottle in the water because you've heard the starting sound of the cry, and you already know what's going to happen. In that same way, you need to be able to determine how the market is going to move before it moves and make a plan around that, right? So when COVID first happened, the first thing that I did was I started researching economic decline, right? And and understanding the demand curve. Because what's going to happen is if before it gets better, it's going to get worse, and if we don't understand that, if, if I, the consultant, don't understand that, then I am doing my, my customers a disservice, right? So we knew, or 
leaders should have known that inflation was going to rise. It, it, it's a, just a part of the process. Now, could it have been avoided? Sure. But we were in a financial crisis. That, that was not going to be avoided. If you do not have the ability to predict these things ahead of time, you will put your practice in a very bad position. You need to understand the economic downfalls. Oh, I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. Everything economics. Everything economics. Get under some economic professionals. Have conversations. Build relationships. Soak up their knowledge. Read books. Okay? You don't have to be an expert. If you didn't go to school for it, shoot, you can go back to school for it if you want to. You don't have to be an expert, but you need to be knowledgeable on it. And then you need to hire people who are knowledgeable on it when the time is, ne- when the time is right, if it, it calls for that. If you do not have economics under your books, you will put your practice in a very difficult spot and trying to pull your practice out of that will be 10 times challenging if you don't know how the market is going to move. So please, 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 please know your markets. Okay. Uh, Where are we? Constant learner. You've been practicing for a while. You know you're ready when you've been practicing for a while. When you're comfortable delivering treatment to your patients. When you're not fumbling over the delivery of your treatments. You're confident in what you're able to share and what you're not able to do and can safely redirect a patient to another office or practitioner who is specialized in what they need. You don't need a you don't need constant affirmations. You don't need to be told all the time that you're doing a good job or amazing work or um as my friends like to call it uh the the validations that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing as a leader, right? That's how you know you're ready. You just know because you're already a boss. You're okay with working odd hours. I touched on it earlier that as an entrepreneur, just be prepared to constantly, uh, well, I'm going to rephrase it. I'm going to take it slightly back. Uh, not constantly be working all the time, right? Because we don't want you burned out. You're seeing patients. But also keep in mind, if you, especially if you are utilizing insurance, there's administrative tasks and then there are clinical tasks. You are responsible for everything. If you don't have a team yet, if you are a solo practitioner, everything falls on you. Now, can you hire a virtual assistant? Absolutely. Do you have the revenue to hire a virtual assistant? That's something that you need to figure out now. So if you don't have that budgeted in at the very beginning, which went back to our first bullet point about you need to have a plan or our, our one of our author talking points about talking points about investing in what you need, then 
you've already put yourself in a bad position. And so if you're not organized and structured, then you are basically all over the place. And to be honest with you, like I've said, I've talked to a lot of therapists and I have relationships with a lot of therapists that share their experiences and I hear their frustration. And many of them have shared in the past that they wished that they had budgeted for a virtual assistant to be able to provide the support that they need so that they could focus on other administrative tasks that would require them to do the work and give their virtual assistant the other daunting tasks, because for them it's daunting, that they could delegate. So... Budget for a virtual assistant. If there is one thing that I want you to take away, well, maybe two things I want you to take away, it's budget for a virtual assistant. That is really important. That way you can eliminate the amount of days and times that you are spending working odd hours. Another thing uh, that will show if you're ready for private practice is that you have support and you are willing to seek it out. So those are very two important concepts. And, and I want to kind of unpack that a little bit, right? The first part was if you you have support, you ha- whether you're married or single, you have people around you that understand entrepreneurship, understand business, understand that, you know, you're not always going to be available to go out, but also understand the importance of self-care and will motivate you. I remember one of the, uh, oh, I would forget his title, but he was a member of a church I used to attend years ago and trustees, board of trustees. Uh, He served on our leadership conference that the young adults put on, and he talked about the importance of having a board of accountability partners. And one of the things I loved is that he said, each person on your your board of accountability partners holds a different role and function. You as a leader, yes, it's good to have an executive coach or a coach that can help you through different things in your business, both personally and professionally. But it's also good to have a mentor. It's also good to have somebody who can educate you on different areas of business where you're not strong or not knowledgeable. It's also good to have a consultant, hint, hint. (laughs) But I listen, it does not have to be us. We know other consultants that can also help you as well. It is also good to have friends who understand, listen, sis, bro, we get it. You're out here making boss moves, but you've been working so hard, come have a drink with us. You need to take a load off. If there is one thing that I am grateful for, it is my two sister friends who never let me forget that it is important that I take a break. There were days I worked seven days a week straight, and I enjoy working, okay? I enjoy having something to do and and making lives better and improving lives through building practices. I love it, right? But at the point and detriment of my health, No. (laughs) So having a board of accountability partners is so, so important. Okay, so now let's flip it. 
The second half of that point is you are willing to seek it out. So if you don't have that, if you don't have a partner that is supportive of this move and they're kind of hesitant, but they understand you're going to do what you're going to do and that you are really passionate about it, how do you then seek support, right? Who, if you have family and friends that are not supporting you through this and you are, let's, let's just create this whole scenario. You are an introvert, okay? You really don't like talking to people, okay? <laughs> uh, you don't like going out and doing the, the grunt work of networking. It's not your thing. But you understand it's important to build relationships. You understand that. And you know that without support, you won't be able to bounce things off of people in the way that you do when you're at work and you have your colleagues. So how do you overcome that? First, number one, I need you to start shifting your mindset. I need you, the best way that I can say this is how somebody said it to me when I was afraid of public speaking. I need you to adopt a second personality. Just, it's a, it's just roll with me. Okay. Roll with me just a little bit. Adopt a second personality. Uh, I like to say I tap into my Taraji P. Henson personality. Okay. <laughs> Love me some her. Okay. She's a phenomenal actress. This is how I was able to do this podcast and start going live and just be authentic in the message that I deliver because I tapped into the actress in me, okay? Now, for you, you know you don't like networking, so if you had to resemble an actress or a TV personality person or an actor, who would that person be? Now, if it's somebody a little out there, maybe scale it back just a little bit, right? <laughs> but the point is that you're adopting a different persona. So in that different persona, it allows you to not have to think about the things that you don't like and solely move until you're able to come into your full authentic self, okay? So it's a, it's a little tip or trick that I've picked up that has allowed me to move differently and just relax and get through it. Uh, building relationships, having conversations with people, it becomes second nature after a while. And you can start to, uh, or I should say, people will naturally come in and want to help. We have, I, I'll give you a personal example. I have a lady that is joining our 90-day private practice boot camp as an instructor. Her name is Tabitha Morris. She had been following me for a while and I had been following her and we'd been engaging and liking one another's posts <laughs> for, for quite some time. And finally, it got to the point where she reached out and said, hey, I want to collaborate. And I was like, yes, right? But it was the first engagement that we had. And through that engagement, that nurturing, we were able to develop a collaboration of working with one another and supporting one another's businesses, right? So that's when, I, when you network, when you step out of your comfort zone and into the uncomfort zone, as my pastor likes to say, and you start moving in uncomfortable positions that's where things get done. So uh, find your support or be willing to find your support. And then I'm going to add a third one to that. Be willing to operate in an uncomfortable space because that's where positioning happens.
the last two points, uh, the first one of the last two is uh, know what you're passionate about, know your niche. I talked about that earlier. Uh, know your niche, know what you're passionate about. So for me, I'm passionate about educating people. When I first got into the healthcare field, I came in by way of contracting. And I would go into different uh, doctor's offices, as shared earlier in the podcast, and I would observe how the systems work, the people work, the impact on all the stakeholders. And uh, I would observe human behavior. I would observe interactions. I would observe how observe how if we fail to do something, how did that impact the patient, not just in our office, but then in externally too, when the patient would have to come back and all of the ripple effects that would affect the patient. In return, I would also look for that as a patient myself and look at how someone else's actions would then in return impact me and then start to look at all the issues and how that has an effect in healthcare as a whole and how it has an effect on um, other industries transportation, behaviors, mental health. We have real issues, okay? We have real, real issues in our world. And it's just it's just fascinating to me on, on how connected everything is. But I digress. When you're passionate about what it is you do, like myself, when it comes to helping people and connecting them to resources and information to be successful in their lives and businesses, you perform so much better, right? Because you're doing what you love. It's coming from a place of sincerity and authenticity. Instead of just working because you need to pay your bills or working because you have to, tap into who you're called to be. Seriously, let it all go. <laughs> when I said let it all go, let all the worry, all the stigmas, all the, oh, well, I got to go back. And trust me, there's a process that even myself I'm going through. And it's taking me a minute. So I'm not telling you anything I haven't already worked through. I'm speaking from a place of experience. It's taking me a while to get here, but I'm here. Okay? Work through it, but tap into what you love. If you love helping people with anger issues, well, sis, go deal with the people with anger issues. Trust me, they need you. Listen, I need you, okay? (laughs) If you love people with relationships issues, you like understanding the dynamics of why people got issues in their relationships, go get them. We need you. If you like helping people who struggle with communication, guess what? We need you. (laughs) There are a lot of folks I can send to you, but I digress. (laughs) All right. Find your niche. Find your passion. And trust me, the clients will come. And another piece that I will speak to that, when you start really diving in and you're working in, working with marketing specialists and social media specialists to communicate your brand and your message, baby, <laughs> make sure you are speaking about what the client needs to hear on why they should come to you. I'll put it, I'll put it differently. 
I was doing research. I needed a therapist to join a conversation that I was having a few weeks back. And so I typed in some keywords, a therapist that specializes in relationships, communication, and let's just say anger. That's not the third point, but I typed in a third point. And this lady, she came up, she was in Ohio. I didn't even realize my search had went to Ohio. But these specific three keyword searches pulled up her practice immediately. Like she was top on the SEO Google ranking. So whoever her SEO manager is, top of the hat to you because you did that. (laughs) And literally everything that I was looking for was everything that she had on her website. And I was blown away. I actually learned three things new based off how she she catered to the need. She said, do you identify with this? Or do you want to understand this? And can you do this? And, and it made me click each and every single thing. And I told you guys earlier, I'm an observer, not just of external things, but internally too with self and why I pay attention to why I do the things that I do. So why was I intrigued by that question? Or why was I intrigued with the link? What made me click it? Oh, well, it was the title. Well, why was I intrigued with the title? Was it personally or was it professionally? Or did I just like the way she phrased it? You know, there is just, you when you pay attention to those things, things, it makes you move differently as a leader. Well, how can I communicate my messages to my clients so that they fully understand things? So when I tell you uh, niche and the way that you communicate to your clients is so important, (laughs) y'all, it's important. So we will definitely make sure we dive into that later with special guests because I really want y'all to be successful and make sure you have that down pack. And I have a special lady in mind to to bring that that uh, information for us. So uh, definitely hang on to your seats for that one. Our last talking point, my favorite talking point: Are you willing to take risks? Fall and dust yourself off again. It, remind, it reminds me of the song from Aaliyah. If at first you don't succeed, get yourself up and try again. Dust yourself off and try again. Try again. Try again. Yes. Uh, so are you willing to take risks? Are you a risk taker? All right. Where are all my investors? <laughs> we're all my traders, whether it's crypto or binary coins, all the all the above, or or okay, let's talk investments. Period, like stocks, and you go to put everything into the into the um the highest the highest risk because you just want the greatest return. Where are my risk takers? Okay, now now. I know if there were some financial people on here who said, I know she doesn't put everything in. Listen, (laughs) it's not about me today. This is about identifying the risk takers, right? Where are you willing to take risks? Are you willing to make decisions that will benefit your practice, even if temporarily it doesn't look like it's going anywhere, right? Also, and it kind of goes back to another talking point that that was mentioned, when you don't have people who support you, 
okay? They'll try to convince you that you didn't make the right decision. They'll try to tell you, oh, just go back to that job. You, you'll be fine, right? And in some cases, you may have to, and, and that's okay. But in other cases, right, sometimes that fall, that, that risk that you took, that waiting period is just that. For my spiritual people, I, I need you to hear me. <laughs> uh, that waiting period is a period for you to be transformed, you to get what you need so that you can do what you're called to do, okay? For my non-spiritual people, and, and again, uh, I use spiritual practices in, in the work that we deliver. I don't use it with everybody. I use it with those upon request. <laughs> so uh, that's, a, that's a little uh, caveat and a little hint for y'all who didn't know that. Uh, but you can find it on our website under Frequently Asked Questions. <laughs> for my non-spiritual people, uh, risks and fall are informational. We talked about that earlier. So if you take a risk and you fall, it's not successful. What did you learn from that fall? What did you or what did you learn from from the decisions that you make and how can you tweak it to be better? So I'll give y'all an example. Before we launched the patient referral program, we had another program in early 2020 called the Mental Health Provider Extension Program. That program was designed to take mental health providers who had group practices and expand their workforce utilizing smaller practices, like basically with solar, uh, solo practitioners. The solo practitioners were considered independent contractors. Essentially, what we were doing was expanding the workforce by expanding the resources. We had a hard time getting enough recruiters to be able to support the project. And because of that, the project flopped very quickly. However, with that risk that we took, we were able, and the fall, we were able to then take those same plans and create a new program called the Patient Referral Program. What we learned from that was one of two things. Workforce was important. Two, that if we couldn't connect practices and, and expand resources from the provider side, then we could expand the reach to clients and create opportunities for practices to expand their operations through our consulting side, right? We would work with them one-on-one to help them expand their operations and then bring the clients to them so that they could see that there is a demand, but more importantly, that they have the resources necessary to meet those demands and bring on more staff. This is literally what practices do every day, successful practices do every day. There are more practices hiring Hiring, 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 hiring. I can't stress that enough. Why? Because they have adopted the formulas, the same formulas we took and used or attempted to use massively, right? By helping practices build strategic partnerships. Again, 
the plans didn't go through the way that we hoped they would. So we reversed the program and focused in on patients and creating access for patients so that when practices like my friends who are in solo practice and by themselves need to access patients. They have those resources internally to be able to still help patients who may not be their ideal client from a financial side, but they are their ideal client from everything else. They fit the buyer persona, right? They match the demographics. They match the um type of um, educational level that they that they aspire to work with. They match the intellectual level that they aspire to work with. They match the, um, they match the, let's just say, neighborhood, everything that comes in a buyer persona. But more importantly, they're willing to put in the work, right? Someone's job position or their level of income should not be a reason why they can no longer get care. That's something that we are constantly talking about in healthcare. While, yes, healthcare is not free, it does come with a cost, there are billions, and I repeat, billions of dollars in healthcare spending dollars and government contracts available to you and I. And no one takes advantage of this, either because they don't have the information or they just don't want to. It's not a part of their ministry. And so for those who do believe in health equity, who do believe in serving their communities and serving it well and creating value, we exist to help you do that and to be successful in that because really and truly the way that consumer buying is moving, they want value. They want to know why they should choose you. And if you're unwilling to take certain risks to meet those needs, then it's going to be it's going to be hard to stay in competition. Doesn't mean that you can't be competitive in other ways. It's just going to be hard. That's my opinion. You can like it or you can hate it, receive it or not. Uh, But this is our time, friends. I have enjoyed meeting and, and having this conversation with you. And I really hope that you've learned something from this. We will be back next Saturday. Same time, same place. You don't want to miss this. If you're not already doing so, make sure you follow the channel. I look forward to coming to you live with next week, and we will see you soon. Bye for now. Well, friends, that's our time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. This podcast is sponsored by JLW Medical Management Consulting. We are now accepting applications for the patient referral program and the 90-day private practice boot camp. If you would like to learn more, please visit us online at www.jlwmedicalmh.com. We look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now. Well, friends, that's our time. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. This podcast is sponsored by JLW Medical Management Consulting. 
We are now accepting applications for the patient referral program and the 90-day private practice boot camp. If you would like to learn more, please visit us online at www.jlwmedicalmh.com. We look forward to seeing you next time.